You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? It's your boy, as always, Sosa Cremendas. You guys know the deal by now. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into these players and which guys the Rams decided to release ahead of Tuesday's deadline, I wanted to tell you guys that the Locked On NFL podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts through September 8th. There are preview episodes on the feed available right now. Go follow Locked On NFL today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, welcome to this episode. I already teased that the Rams did release 13 players. And mind you guys, this is all fluid. So while you're listening to this, it's going to be Tuesday. The Rams have probably made a few more moves, probably a lot more moves to be quite honest with you, because every team does have to get down to 53 players on their roster ahead of 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday the 31st. So while you guys are listening to this, the Rams probably released a couple more players, maybe made a few more moves. And before we dive into which players the Rams have already released and waived, there is a process here. And we've talked about it a little bit at the podcast here. Um, Every player that is released over the next few months, but especially right now, has to go through waivers and clear waivers. So the only way a team can bring back a player that they've released onto their practice squad is by this player not being claimed by any single team, and then the Rams will have the opportunity to bring back said players. But in addition to that, how the waiver wire process works is basically it's a 1 through 32 system where every single team has the opportunity to claim any single player, and it's based off of last year's record. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL last season, have first waiver priority. And so if, for example, the Rams waived Aaron Donald, which obviously would not happen, the Jaguars would have the first opportunity to place a waiver claim to grab him. And if they didn't, then it would be the next highest team on that waiver priority to place the claim that would get him. So right now, obviously, things are fluid, like I mentioned. So some of the players that the Rams have released, and mind you, this is going to be a lot longer than what it is right now. But starting from the top, long snapper Steven Wirtle, really no surprises there. We know that Matt Orzech won that job. And teams don't keep two long snappers, so that was not going to happen here. Um, Unfortunate for him, but the Rams have flipped the page in terms of that special teams unit. They moved on from Jake McQuaid this offseason, and there's now going to be a new long snapper for the first time in nearly a decade for the Rams. So some question marks there, but it is going to be interesting to see how Orzech does as the new long snapper. Um, Devlin Hodges, the quarterback, we knew he's been gone for a few days, and that was probably due to Bryce Perkins and his ability to play As the backup quarterback or as the third quarterback on the team right now, Perkins was so impressive. I mean, I think the Rams wanted to do Hodges a little bit of a service by getting rid of him early. They knew that he wasn't going to make the roster. They knew that he probably wasn't going to be on the practice squad. And there was really no point to keep him around. I mean, the Rams wanted to get Perkins a few more snaps in that second and third preseason games. And ultimately, he ended up playing both games entirely, which is awesome for him and his development. But At the end of the day, it looked like Hodges was not going to be one of the guys that the Rams had interest in keeping, and Perkins beat him out, plain and simple, throughout training camp, the practices, and especially those games. I mean, there was no way that the Rams were going to keep Hodges over him, so that one made a lot of sense too. Uh, A few more that had happened already a few days ago, or maybe even upwards of a week ago with the last deadline, offensive tackle Ryan Pope, 
edge rusher Max Roberts and linebacker Derek Moncrief. These are all players that we've already known that were gone for about a week or so. Some of the new guys that include safety Paris Ford, an undrafted free agent out of Pittsburgh. Uh, This was a guy that a lot of people really liked and thought should have been drafted. And I think part of the reason why he wasn't drafted was simply because of his combine and the testing, the athletic testing, the pro day numbers, they were not good. I mean, they were really, really bad. And we've talked about this safety position a lot for the Rams here at this podcast. Yeah, of course they have their starting four, or shouldn't say starting four, but their first four locked in, Terrell Burgess, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller, of course, and then Nick Scott. But after that, Juju Hughes, guys like J.R. Reed, two guys that could very well make this roster, there was pretty much no chance that any of the safeties after those guys were going to make this roster, and it might not even be their fault. I mean, these guys just didn't get that many reps in these games because of how well Reed and Hughes played, and this is a numbers game at the end of the day. The Rams are very deep at safety. Unfortunately for these guys, that just meant that there was probably not going to be much of a chance for them to make it, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of value in learning throughout these training camp practices, trying to develop quickly throughout those practices as well. And then with whatever time you do get in those games, the preseason games, you want to put on some good tape because NFL teams are all going to watch this tape. So they had some opportunities, guys like Paris Ford, for example, another safety that the Rams released in Troy Warner out of BYU, another guy that a lot of people really liked. Also, coincidentally, the younger brother of San Francisco 49ers linebacker Fred Warner, neither guy could crack this roster. And it makes a lot of sense when you really look at the depth here. I think the Rams feel good about where they're at with their safety spot. And to be honest, they should. I mean, this team is absolutely loaded at safety and they may have to get rid of a very good player in someone like J.R. Reed or in someone like Juju Hughes. Probably not both going to make the roster. As we mentioned, the Rams already have a lot of good safeties and you can't keep that many. I think they'll probably keep five. And if that's the case, one of those guys is going to be subject to waivers. And while I'm sure the Rams would love to bring one of them back on the practice squad, it's probably not a great chance you're going to clear the waiver system with how many teams could use some of these very talented players that the Rams have. And of course, this is a positive. I mean, you want your team to have depth. And the Rams are one of the teams in the NFL right now that have a lot of depth. This is a Super Bowl contending roster, a team that wants to not only make the playoffs, but go far in the playoffs. And once teams start to poach all of your players, your coaching staff, like we've seen with the Rams over the last few seasons, it can get annoying, sure, and it can be troublesome to some degree. But at the same time, it's also a big positive because that speaks to the depth of the team as well as the quality of the roster. And we're going to continue diving into some of these players in the next two segments. So make sure to stick around for that. But before we get into there, I want to tell you guys to come connect with us on Twitter. You can find us at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams. And of course, this is our second episode on YouTube. So please go shoot us a subscription, a like, leave a comment, whatever you guys like. You can find us on YouTube at Locked on Rams. Just search it up in the search bar and we'll be right there. That's going to bring us into the first sponsor of today's episode. And we know that it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to the gridiron as football teams are preparing for this 2021 NFL season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar mega contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at Bet Online. You can go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. 
Guys, that's pretty unheard of when it comes to this business here. Be sure to take advantage of all of this stuff. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They've got you covered, whether it's football, basketball, boxing, even horse racing. Don't wait to take advantage of all these great offers for the 2021 NFL season, as well as the seasons for the rest of those sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment here now, which we will continue diving into the, some of these players that the Rams did release ahead of this Tuesday cut down deadline. And of course, like I mentioned, there was 13 guys that the Rams did get rid of. And again, some of these players may be interested in returning to the Rams and the Rams may have interest in bringing some of these guys back to the practice squad. The only issue is they have to clear waivers first before the Rams even have an opportunity to try doing that. But of course, you know, there is a possibility for some of these guys to return. It's not like their careers are over. It's not like they don't stand any chance of returning to the team. Just as it stands right now, time is obviously ticking and every team does have to get to 53 players in addition to having 16 extra practice squad spots. So teams are almost 70 players deep this season which is going to extend a lot of these players' careers and lives, to be honest with you, when it comes to their NFL lives. But at the same time, like I mentioned, they do have to clear waivers first. And there's a lot of cuts around the entire NFL this week. And you can presume that there's going to be a lot of movement, not only with practice squads, but also 53-man rosters. Some of these teams are probably not expecting certain players to be available. And of course, with that being said, guys, maybe coming up that you didn't expect were going to be available there could be some shakeup to rosters as well, 53-man rosters in addition to those practice squad spots. So everything here is fluid. We'll continue to update you with that. But continuing along with this list, the next name, cornerback Diane Lake. He was also released, I want to say maybe a week ago. Um, this was a guy that the Rams did have on the roster last year as well. And it is interesting because they don't have a ton of cornerbacks on this roster, especially with some of these other releases because Lake was not the only cornerback that they let go. They also let go of Bronte Harris, undrafted free agent out of UAB, a guy that a lot of people really liked, including myself. And he was one of the players that got the most run for the Rams in this preseason. This guy played nearly every single snap at cornerback. And it makes sense. Of course, the Rams held out Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, David Long Jr. And Dante Dion only got one game of playing time. Rookie Robert Rochelle had a little bit of that injury to his, um, wrist there and of course had surgery not too long ago so I don't think the Rams wanted to really expose him to a lot of playing time either and that left a lot of snaps available for guys like Harris and Donovan Olumba who they also released so that's three cornerbacks in this first wave of cuts that the Rams had to let go and that doesn't leave a lot of cornerback depth on their roster but with that being said there's a good chance that at least one of these guys if not two of them are going to be brought back onto the practice squad because right now there's only those five names that I mentioned, and I believe Tyler Hall, who the Rams did grab off of waivers a few weeks ago, he played for the Atlanta Falcons last year, and of course, that's important to note because Raheem Morris, the current defensive coordinator of the Rams, was with Atlanta last year, so there was a familiarity there, and he obviously brought Hall in for a reason, so I'm kind of keeping my eyes on this cornerback situation. There's going to be a lot of change here, I think, for the Rams, and this is a position that you probably want to allocate, if not one, maybe two practice squad spots for because this is a position that's going to see a lot of playing time for every NFL team. I mean, you have certain teams like the Denver Broncos who are four 
five players deep at this spot. And we're talking about guys that are being paid a lot of money and guys that are being drafted very high inside the top 10, top 12, like Pat Sertan, because this position is just so important. So there's going to be an interesting positional battle for these guys. And I think the Rams are going to carry at least two cornerbacks on that practice squad, depending on how the rest of this 53-man roster shakes out. And I think one of these guys is very likely to land on that list. Uh, moving on from those guys, wide receiver Jeremiah Hadel, another name that was released. And unfortunately for Hadel, he didn't get much time as a receiver. And I talked about him in that post-game recap from this third preseason game as a guy that really stood out as a returner, as a kick returner specifically. And that's what he did best in college as well. Um, of course, you need to do a little bit more than that to probably make a 53-man roster, but there's probably some teams in the NFL that are not as deep as the Rams are at wide receiver, and we're talking about guys, you know, first five that are locked in. We've talked about them a lot on this podcast, but after that, seventh-round pick Ben Skoranek, the sixth receiver, or Tristan Jackson, maybe the sixth receiver as well. There's a lot of depth at this spot, and unfortunately for these guys, there was pretty much just going to be no chance for them to really make this roster unless they did something absolutely crazy. So I expect to see a few more wide receivers making this list here, the unfortunate cut list. But at the same time, the Rams may elect to carry one or two of these guys on the practice squad. And when they're trying to diversify that position a little bit, they have a lot of guys that can play offense and they might not need a receiver or two that can line up outside the numbers and run routes, but they might need guys that can actually play and contribute on special teams. So Hadel could very well be a guy that they ultimately choose to keep on that practice squad, but it really remains to be seen. So we're going to keep our eyes on that. But I think he's a guy that could very well contribute for a lot of teams, specifically as a kick returner. Now, the last two names, both offensive linemen here, no real surprises in my opinion, Jeremiah Colon, center, and Jordan Meredith, the guard, Mind you, all of these guys from the top of my head were undrafted as well. So not really anybody that the Rams invested a lot into. And of course, the offensive line is a little bit of a work in progress right now. The Rams have some potential issues there. Starting center Brian Allen is relatively unproven. And I mean, two weeks ago, this guy was not even a starter. Of course, they tried right guard Austin Corbett at that center spot. For whatever reason, it didn't really work out. Pulled former first team right guard Bobby Evans out of there. Now he's a backup. Slide Brian Allen into the starting lineup. So it's a little bit confusing what's going on there. There's some question marks. The Rams try to move their right guard to center. Now move him back, take the former right guard out, put the backup center in to start at center. A lot of confusion, but I think at the end of the day, there's no real surprises with these guys. Meredith had a good, strong first preseason game. Jeremiah Colon, he's been with the Rams for about two or three seasons now, always bounced between the practice squad as well as the 53-man roster, but never really been a guy that's been able to develop past that. And of course, he's never really been a guy that's done anything for the team in terms of their regular season game. So in my opinion, out of these 13 cuts, nothing really surprising just yet. I think for the most part, there's not really going to be anything all that surprising so far until we get closer to that cut down deadline. And that's when things are really going to get interesting because these numbers are going to get tight for the Rams with how much depth they have. And one of the names that could very well be on the brink of being cut right now is inside linebacker Micah Kaiser, who may also be being shopped right now, according to Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback. The Rams could be one of the teams calling teams around right now to look to trade one of their inside linebackers. So make sure to stick around for that in the final segment, which will break down what that means for Kaiser and of course the inside linebacker room and make sure 
to come listen to the Lockdown Rams podcast throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue to update you guys with all the transactional news, the releases, the signings, and the practice squad for the Los Angeles Rams heading into the 2021 NFL season. That's going to take us into our second sponsor of this episode. And I know if you have a car, you've probably went through the process a little bit of a headache, right? You go to your mechanic. Uh, he needs seven, 10 days for something to come in. It's very expensive. You don't really know what's going on because, I mean, let's be real here. None of us are really mechanical professionals. For the most part, we don't exactly know what's going on with our vehicles. But if you don't want to go through that process anymore, just visit Rock Auto. They are a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years There's no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this strange COVID stuff that's going on in our world. If you're a person who likes to do things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you should check out Rock Auto. I'm betting if your car needs it, they probably got that make and model. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, Another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Before we dive into this final segment here, I want to remind you guys that the Locked On NFL podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts through September 8th. There are preview episodes on the feed right now that are available that you can listen to. All you have to do is follow Locked on NFL today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back now to the final segment here. And I teased a little bit of what we're going to discuss with the potential trade of inside linebacker Micah Kaiser Brewing. And this was a guy that I talked about on yesterday's podcast episode. If you have not listened to it, I released a 53-man roster projection, my one and only this offseason. And... I did not have Kaiser making the cut for the Rams. And I think some people may be surprised by that. Some others might not be. Of course, there's quite an intense battle at that inside linebacker spot. And I think for the most part, we kind of have a decent idea of who the Rams want to start right now. And it sounds like it's going to be Kenny Young and Troy Reader. But outside of those guys, I don't think they're 100% firmly entrenched in those spots because I could see them getting pulled in the event of a struggle maybe early in the season, maybe halfway through the season. And we do know that they drafted Ernest Jones in the third round of the draft, as well as having Traven Howard, a guy that was supposed to start last year. There's four guys that they legitimately like here. And I think that kind of leaves Kaiser on the outside looking in. He's, of course, a former fifth-round pick out of Virginia, a guy that was a legitimate tackle machine at Virginia in his four college football seasons there. But he's never really been able to develop in the NFL. And I think... His inability to play in coverage is something that's really hampered him as a three-down linebacker. It's never really been his calling card. One thing that he does well on third downs is work forward as opposed to working backwards, which means you probably want to use him as a blitzer or as a guy in some of those games or stunts up front with the defensive ends, outside linebackers, defensive tackles. He's very good at consuming blockers and allowing guys like Aaron Donald to get one-on-ones in their pass rush scenarios 
But at the same time, you can only dedicate a linebacker to rushing the passer so often. I mean, this guy needs to be able to drop back in coverage and cover tight ends, man-on-man, cover running backs coming out of the backfield. And I certainly don't think that's Kaiser's best role in the NFL. So that's been one thing that's definitely hampered him and his development in the league. And then, of course, the other being the injury issues. This is a guy who's suffered a handful of injuries to this point. Uh, Last year, supposed to be a starter, only plays in a handful of games and was never really able to get comfortable in that role because, again, of injuries two years ago, loses an entire season, was potentially going to be a starter in that year too. So clearly, I don't know that the Rams can really rely on this guy to be a full 17-game starter, even if he did make the roster. So there is that concern as well. Now, in terms of the player, I feel like he just sort of fell behind. And I talked about it again on yesterday's podcast I'm not shocked if anything happens here. I mean, if the Rams can trade him, I think that's a huge plus because I do expect him to be cut. And so if you can get any type of pick or return for a guy that you're going to cut, it's obviously very good business in the NFL. And I think a lot of teams in the NFL could use a guy like Kaiser, not because you know he's going to suddenly develop into the next Ray Lewis, but there are teams that need linebacker depth. And this is a guy that does have NFL experience. And he's obviously a very good guy, a good leader, I think, and a guy that was a senior prospect coming out of Virginia, a leader there, the captain of the defense. So there are some legitimate intangibles here and some positives to his game. I just think he leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of what he actually brings to the field. And then on top of that, the Rams have a lot of linebackers right now that they can choose between. Maybe none of those guys are very established in terms of what they are as players right now, but I think they are very intrigued with at least what they can bring to the table Guys like Kenny Young and Traven Howard, a lot quicker, a lot more explosive, and guys that I would trust a lot more in coverage over somebody like Kaiser. And then you look at the other side of the coin, Ernest Jones, a guy that the Rams spent a third round pick on, a very good north and south type of linebacker. I don't know if anyone's ever used that term for a linebacker before, but what I mean by that is working forward like Kaiser does. You want him as a blitzer. You want him playing the run, sticking his nose into gaps, and getting physical with guards and centers taking on blocks. That's his ideal form and his scenario as a player. And that's basically the same kind of player that Kaiser is, but the Rams are not going to cut a third round pick and a rookie. So of course, Kaiser's on the outside looking in. And I think that just really doesn't do him any favors to keep him around because it looks like even Troy Reader, a guy that was a former undrafted free agent who does a lot of those similar things well, is significantly further along in his development. And it looks like he's slated to start too. So the Rams are clearly higher on a lot of other players. And I think it's interesting that Albert Breer specifically named Kaiser as one name to look out for from that Rams linebacker group as guys that are being shopped. And he didn't mention anybody else. It's clear that the Rams are likely going to try to trade Kaiser. And if they can't, he's probably going to end up as a roster cut, which kind of makes me feel relatively decent with my projection yesterday but of course it sucks to see some of these guys go especially someone like Kaiser who's never really felt like he got a fair shot with some of the injuries and just a quality guy you know it's just unfortunate I think he'll be able to latch on elsewhere if the Rams are ultimately able to trade this guy I would suggest maybe a late day three pick coming back something like a seventh rounder at best a sixth rounder or an end of the roster type of player It could be a player-for-player swap. Maybe the Rams could look to add some offensive line depth or some other spots, maybe edge rusher. We'll see. But I definitely think right now with some of the news that's coming out from Albert Breer, as well as just the basic numbers projection, it doesn't look very likely that Kaiser is going to make this roster for the Rams heading into the 2021 NFL season. 
That's going to do it for this update on the Locked on Rams podcast and your Tuesday episode here. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for listening to another episode. Make sure to go check us out on YouTube. You guys can come watch me live. Not live, but pre-recorded, so sort of live. It'll feel like it's live, but you guys go subscribe. Run up that algorithm a bit. Send some likes in, some comments. It's going to help us build this community, and I think it's going to be a big positive for all of us because now we can have a back and forth, and you guys can share your opinions, challenge me on mine, uh, you know, share some ideas and things like that. I think it's going to be great. There's going to be a nice community there, so make sure to go check us on YouTube, and of course, you guys can always come connect with us everywhere else on Twitter, at QBsMEP and at LockedOnRams, and please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.